The Unstuff America podcast is hosted by the most organized man in America, Andrew Mellon. Listen in for Andrew's take on America's clutter crisis. From guns to gold, he dives deep into America's self-destructive obsession with possession and how that impacts the American dream. Get real-life tools and strategies to take responsibility, set yourself free, and live your values every day. And now, Andrew Mellon. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Unstuff America. Today, Maya and I want to talk about politics and the underpinning of politics in the concepts behind Unstuff America, where we sit as a thought leadership conversation facilitation of this idea. And so before we started recording, we were talking about the idea that there's the micro and the macro as often there is that the, that for people who physically can't participate because they have been prevented from participating I view it as our collective responsibility to break those barriers down so that they do have access, real, true, clear, unfettered access to participating in civics uh, and the electoral process here in the United States. On the macro level, there's all the other people who don't not have access physically, but psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, they have somehow been cowed into feeling like they don't have access or they've been told that they don't have access or that their access is less important. Uh, And those people, that's an issue of personal responsibility and self-esteem and whatever it takes to get those people engaged that, that, that they are participating, uh, outside their front door, right? I mean, you get to decide where the milk lives in your fridge and where your spices are and where your shoes live at home. And then what's the metaphorical version of that in the world, right? I mean, what do you want the school board to look like? What do you want your kids to be studying? What do you want them not to be studying at school? Uh, What do you want the town council to be talking about? What do you want to see the county government? What do you want to see the state government? What do you want to see the national government talking about? And how do you get out there and do that? And how do you get... I mean, the premise behind the show was if you have physical clutter, if you have psychological clutter, emotional clutter, spiritual clutter, without getting overly woo-woo about it, How do we get that out of your way? How do you get it out of your way so that you are living a balls-out, fully realized life, whatever that means to you, that you're not in this place of apologizing for who you are or what you believe in, and you have have access to participate in a nonviolent but clearly assertive, right up to the line of aggressive way of asserting yourself and participating. That's our birthright as Americans. Everybody's entitled to that. Uh, And even for those naturalized citizens, it's your birthright now, even though you might not have been born here. It's your right to, as an American citizen, to participate in America. 
So it's one of the things that promises greatness for this country. So that's one of the reasons why I created this show, why I wanted us to make this happen was I feel like we've been gerrymandered into participating in a diminished way as if uh, this idea of intellectualism, elitism, uh, progressive, you know, this tarring of thoughtfulness and consideration and kindness and generosity as if those are shitty values that should somehow be viewed through some jaundiced cynical lens as, you know, it's not, uh, it's unpatriotic, you know, I mean, all of that language that uh, extremists use to, to diminish what I think are that supersede even America and our human values of uh, of living together in a harmonious way of an idea of generosity, kindness, compassion, caring. Well, uh, I, just to step in yeah, here, I yeah. think that somehow, and I don't know where it started, but empathy is now seen as a weakness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of our biggest problems because when you're talking about human kindness and putting yourself, you know, uh, to me, that's putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, imagining what it is they're seeing, even if I completely disagree with it. I always try to see the other side of it. But what I found is that empathy is just lacking because it's seen as a weakness and, you know, that will ultimately or may ultimately hurt the conversation or it becomes about feelings, you know, it's like, which is, you know, and feelings aren't facts. We know that, but feelings are a reality. And I think people are dismissive of that. And I think that that also harms the conversation. And I think another part of it is some people don't even believe they have access to the conversation. Right. Even in the ways that you can speak out or it's about people silencing each other, which I think there's a nuance there that's missing as well, which is, you can say what you want and I can say something in response. Just because I'm saying something in response that I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm trying to silence you. It means that I'm disagreeing with you. But I think right now the conversation is so ratcheted up. It's so contentious. We have a very divisive, however you feel about that administration, whoever's listening, it's a very divisive administration. Not everybody is comfortable, um, including some folks who brought the administration into office are becoming uncomfortable. And so there's all this sensitivity around it. And there's so much, there is emotion and it's valid emotion because we're talking about some very real things. We're talking about safety. Um, So part of the reason I wanted to have this conversation was, you know, this is going to be a place where your opinion is respected and valued and we can't, politics are a part of our everyday, whether we turn on the news or not, whether we decide to post about puppies or post a New York Times article about, you know, unemployment and where we are. It's, it's a part of who we are and how we function. And I think that people can feel powerless in a way. You know, I think um, apathy is a, a huge part of it saying, okay, well, I went out and I voted or I went to this or I did this and nothing's changing, Right the absolutes. And so people are able to slip into this comfortable place of just like, it's not comfortable because there are a lot of people who are upset, but they stay there. So the point of USA is to, or at Stuff America, 
is to get people out of that place. I mean, not just in terms of stuff, right? But in terms of, like you were saying, clearing your mind so you can have what it is that you want, whether it's at home or whether it's uh, the school board level or which it should always start with local politics that always ripples out. Right. Um, in my opinion, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw some, in my opinions out there, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the things that we haven't necessarily discussed yet. And it's going to be a part and has been a part of some of the conversations with the guests that we've had thus far. Certainly. Um, yeah. So two things that I thought of while you were speaking, one was the popularity of a particular person, Brene Brown, and her ideas around vulnerability mm-hmm. and how interesting it is that it's in some ways siloed this conversation about vulnerability being an asset. And at the same time, as you pointed out, that empathy is viewed as a weakness and a chink in your armor because you're willing to actually be vulnerable and imagine what it's like for somebody else, that somehow that makes you weak as opposed to strong. And so it's that schizophrenia that is I think when we talk about the polarization, when we talk about the, this divisiveness and the dismissing of different opinions, mm-hmm. it's a weird thing that we, on some level, we're talking about, you know, vulnerability and, and expansiveness. And at the same time, we're yelling and screaming at each other mm-hmm. and, you know, chanting horrible things. And uh, so I, I don't I don't have a conclusion to that, but it made me think of like, yes, why is it empathy, the ability to think and imagine what life is like for somebody else is seen as weakness. And at the same time, we want people, you know, we've got this weird metrosexual idea of we should all be more touchy-feely. And the other thing, the idea of apathy and that people think it's a one and done. Like, mm-hmm. where the fuck did that come from? Like, yeah. oh, I did it. No, y- you did it once. Right? <laughs> if you're yeah. breathing, you're participating. You don't get to yeah. check out and say, well, you know, it didn't work out that time. Okay, well, if the last time you tried to make lunch, it was a crappy sandwich, I don't think you gave up on eating. You, you know, you decided, okay, so mayonnaise and ketchup, not the greatest combination on my turkey sandwich. I'll try something else. <laughs> if you expand on that, it's like, okay, I showed up at the polls and I still got a shitty politician. Well, okay, so what else do you need to do then to not get that same sort of shitty politician in a position of decision-making and legislating where you can get somebody else there? What do we need to do? Well, it's work, right? It's like trying to organize your closet once. Right. <laughs> Just being like, well, I did it once and it's fine. And then never touching it again, never going back and realizing that there's work in it. Yeah. It's constant work. I mean, it's, it's, you can feel overwhelmed at the amount that you could be focusing on or you could be doing. And that's also another tool that you use to distract, as a distraction. Well, you know, this isn't bad. You should be worrying about this, or this isn't bad. You should be worrying about this. It's not like there's not enough energy or, you know, bandwidth for people to pay attention to everything that's going on and figuring out. And sometimes it's okay. This speaks most to me, right? right? This is what speaks most to me. This is where I see that I fit. This is where I see that I can get loud. This is where I'm going to challenge people. So that brings you back to the, to your values, right? I mean, if, 
if social justice is the thing that drives you, then go focus on that. If the environment, and obviously many of these things are not as isolated as Mm -hmm. they appear, they all impact each other. But if the environment is the thing that really gets you going, then let's go make sure that there's clean water, there's clean air, there's nutritious, non-genetically altered food available for people that's going to create weird mutations and diseases that we can't control in the future. It it doesn't matter what, if it's children's rights, if it's uh, trafficking in human beings, there's sadly, because human nature is what it is, there's plenty of places for us to go and try to right the wrongs in the world. But earlier today, I was having a conversation with uh, one of our guests on the show, and we were talking about personal responsibility and self-transformation and thinking Mm -hmm. about what is it that fires you up and and going and doing it. You don't need anybody's permission, Mm -hmm. and you don't need uh you don't need it to be perfect to launch yourself into action this other thing about like well i need to get all my shit together before no oh and the thing that i wanted to say is that if you've got too much stuff that moving your crap around is keeping you from participating you have too much stuff right that the maintenance of your stuff should not preclude your participation in your local community if it does then you've got too much stuff yeah yeah i mean it's 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 also that people you know one of the lies you tell yourself one of the 200 could be you know i just i don't have time for this or you know i'm not an activist in that way you know it's it activism is a very um it means different things to different people and i've seen you know online people discounting being online or being on Facebook or signing petitions or, or posting certain things saying, you know, that's not really doing anything, but it's amplifying voices. It's, it's making sure not to shade anyone's activism, whether they are the type to be out in the streets, which I've been both. I've posted a lot on my social media pages, but I've also been out at different protests. Uh, my mother would prefer I stop going to protests <laughs> given in my family, I actually had to make a promise. Um, but so given that, if I decide, okay, I'm not going to be out in the streets, then what, what are the ways in which I can participate? One was, you know, we had the primaries in New York recently. It was a voting day that's not going to be big on the news. It's not going to be on CNN. It may be on our local news, but that's something that it's a privilege for me to vote. So I did it. And that's my way of having my voice heard and making sure that the candidates that I pick are in line with my values and that... Also, the absolute and understanding there's no absolute. I'm not going to agree with everybody on everything. You know, it's, uh, I've forgotten what the saying is. Don't let the, um, is it the imperfect get in the way of the good? I've forgotten what that saying is. I don't know, but, but look it up and we'll, and we'll Yeah, see. yeah. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think that's, we've got to figure out how to compromise too. And yes. we're in polarizing places and there there are certain things of course i don't think there should be any compromise and there are other things where it's like oh well I, it may make me a little nauseous but how do we how do we get um how do we get there to a place where we're treating each other with respect we not everybody's happy is going to be the happy place for everyone i think right and understanding that it's a long game that we're playing right i mean life is a long god willing universe willing whatever you want to say it's a long game we're playing so this idea of i didn't win that round or my you know the person i voted for 
I agreed with them 80% of the time. So now you've got an opportunity to talk to them about the 20% that they're not in alignment with you around. It doesn't mean that you just default and like, okay, well, then they'll just do what they're going to do for the next four years or three weeks or whatever the term is. Yep. You still participate. You still say, hey, FYI, I agree with all of these things. I really want to talk to you about your points of view over here because I think we could do better. And I want right. to talk to you about how we can do better. And then you're actually, you're engaged in a conversation instead of either, either deferring and saying, well, they know better or they're the boss or they're the, you know, they're the elected official. So I'm going to defer to them. They, they are supposed to represent you. They're so they're supposed to represent us. And it's not a one and done thing. Again, like you put them yeah. in office and then you just check out for four years until it's time to either reelect them mm-hmm. or elect somebody else. It's a funny way of thinking about responsibility and the, the yeah. right that you have as a citizen to participate. How likely is it that you're going to get what you want if you only advocate for it once every four years or once every six years? If, if you only speak up once every four years, it seems unlikely that you're going to be happy much of the time. Yeah, I, I think that folks are, I don't want to say program, it, folks are conditioned in a way that the elections happen every four years or every two years. And that's, that's when we pay attention. That's when it's a big deal. If I don't get out there and vote, then it's a huge deal. Uh, and remaining in the conversation, I, I'd gotten into watching the news more around 2000, around the 2000 presidential le- election, because it's drama. I mean, and that's also how people watch the news. They watch for the big things, the big explosions or the big controversies. Right now, we have a lot of that coming at us all at once. And so I think people just stop, you know, they don't know moderation or they just just stop listening or they stop engaging because they're like, my stress level is high enough. And, you know, I, I just, I can't, I have enough going on in my family. I have enough going on at work. I can't pay attention to this. It doesn't matter anyway. It's just going to be a mess. So I guess my question to you would be, if someone came to you and said, you know, well, I, you know, I would engage in, you know, dialogue around elections and politics and everything. I just don't have the time. I don't have the bandwidth. Emotionally, it's really draining. I can't listen to anybody anymore. I don't believe what I'm being told on the news. Like, I just, I just want to drown it all out. So how would you tell somebody to, or get somebody to re-engage or underscore the importance of their voice being in the mix? Right. So I would say that, um, and I'm not the first person to say this, the media exists to sell media. Mm-hmm. So left, right, center, it, it's there to perpetuate itself. So filter it through that lens that they are looking for the sensational because there's so much noise that they're trying to grab your attention. If you know that, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get sucked into the drama, but you do have the antidote, which is to not disconnect, but to filter it and understand, right, this is about sensationalism. It's about... It's about reaching the high notes, but everything can't be an operatic aria. If, 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 the, if you went to the opera and all they did was sing at the top of their lungs <laughs> loud for two and a half hours, your ears would start to bleed and you'd run out of the room. 
Right. So the news media either hasn't caught on to that or because it's a 24-7 cycle, they assume that people are going to plug in and plug out. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, you don't get up and walk out of the opera in the middle of it and like, okay, well, whatever, when, when the fat <laughs> singing, I'm going to come back in the room, but I, I, like, I, I can't take any more of those high Fs. I just need to leave. Right. The media trusts that you're going to come and go or that you're, that they're tapping into that addictive part of you and, you know, getting the serotonin rush so that they just keep feeding you crap. So A, recognize that noise is always available. You don't need to tap into it. B, return to your values and what is it that you want to do? You don't need to know who's sleeping with whom or who lied about some legislative act that they were trying to pass. And then we turned out that they're actually, you know, trying to get around the law in their personal life someplace else. I mean, it's useful to know that if you were going to be having a conversation with them about Mm -hmm. hypocrisy, but uh, we can also just assume that people are often trying to do their best, sometimes not trying to do their best. So we don't need to get lost in the micro of that. Right. Let's return to your values. What matters to you? And if making one phone call for 15 minutes to the president of the school board is all you can fit into your day, do that. If composing a thoughtful email or posting a thoughtful post on social media saying, hey, blah, blah, blah. So here's a case in point, not about politics, but about my book, Unstuff Your Life. Over the weekend, one of our fans, our followers, found out that the Hennepin County uh, Public Library was discontinuing a copy of Unstuff Your Life, not the title, but a copy of the book, and wrote in, hey, so disappointed to see this, and tagged the Hennepin Public Library. On a Sunday, the Hennepin Public Library writes back in, no, 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 the book is totally in circulation. This is a ratty copy of the book. It's been read so many times that we're decirculating this copy of the book. So people are listening, right? I mean, you could write to the school board. You could write to the county, whoever the county official is, the town council person. They are listening. I mean, if the public library is responding to one fan saying, hey, I like that book, don't take it out of circulation, clearly you could write one email in the 15 minutes that you think is not enough time to affect change. Somebody will listen to it, right? I mean, if you're screaming at the president, don't be a bonehead about this issue. He may or may not listen to you, but somebody will listen at some point if you are strategic and thoughtful about your choice. So don't discount those 15-minute windows of time or those five or 10-minute windows of time. What I would say is return to your values, use your time strategically, focus on what's important to you, minimize the impact of the noise in cutting you off at your knees metaphorically and... Mm -hmm and feeling unempowered because there's so much crap flying at your head. Well, I mean, that's the benefit of social media again, right? And not to discount activism via social media, because now you can get loud about certain things and everybody can see you. And you can do, you, I could write 15 officials in 15 minutes because there, you know, there are even apps for, yeah, just, just text this and then we'll fax off you know, a letter which wouldn't have been as quick, you know, even 15 years ago, you know, you'd have to type it up and maybe fax it, maybe email it. Um, but now it's just even some of the letters are written for you. So it is important, you know, your voice does get heard and there's 
their strength in numbers. And so that's, that's another thing. That's why the library responded so quickly. It's like, no, 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 let's clear this up right now before <laughs> folks get upset. Um, even and major so brands are doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's it, is that, again, the micro-macro is that we want your voice specifically to mm-hmm. matter yep. and that the volume of voices is also impactful. So you as a person listening, taking action, totally important, and you as one of millions taking action, totally important. It's not an either or, it's not a binary system. So on the personal, you can totally raise your voice and just being counted in the volume of, oh, a lot of people are unhappy about this. I better pay attention to it. Right. Right. And I, I think that people would be surprised by the effect that they have. When we first launched, there was somebody, I believe on Twitter, who was all excited and then said, you know, but your politics I disagree with. So, um, you know, I don't feel I can listen anymore. And they're the voices that we need to engage with because I truly believe this is a space for everyone. And again, we'll have a dialogue and we may disagree with folks, but it's important that they have a voice because ultimately we all want to make the world better. We also yeah. we want to make America better and that extends outside of America as well because it all affects us. We're in it together. And I think people forget that a lot of the time, uh, how you wouldn't think that what's going on with somebody in Des Moines, Iowa affects you, but it can. Of course. Of yeah. Course. And that regardless of political affiliation, now, the only thing that I will say about that is that regardless of political affiliation, we need to be able to agree on some fundamental mm-hmm. values. And it's possible that if, if we don't share those common values, then we won't be able to connect or have much of a conversation. Mm. But I think that most Americans, and this seems to be true when we see polling, most Americans agree on most things. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody, if you said, do you want clean water, clean air, and clean food for your family and for yourself, would say, no, 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 I want poison. I want, <laughs> I want toxic chemicals uh, creating cancerous and other dangerous diseases in my body. I'm okay with that. As long as somebody's making some money, I'm down with it. It's, it's a-okay with me. That's the American way. I don't know that that is, I mean, if that's your point of view, that you're welcome to that point of view. I don't know that I'll be talking a lot in alignment with that because <laughs> I think that we are all entitled to sharing the natural resources and we are responsible for protecting the natural resources. I love going to state parks and federal parks. I want them to be there in a hundred years. I want people to be able to go see elk or foxes or chipmunks or wolves or mountain lions, you know, from a distance (laughs) to be able to see those things when they show up in a public place. And so to that point, the fundamental values we should agree on, whether an independent, a democratic, a green party, a Republican is the person who's going to bring that about. On some level, I don't really give a crap about their political affiliation. If we're in alignment with values, I mean, I'm fiscally conservative and progressive socially. I think that I don't think we should ever spend $400 on a screwdriver. I think that's ridiculous. And I think whoever agreed to buy a $400 screwdriver should have lost their job. 
I don't think that they should have tenured protection. If they're that asleep, they shouldn't be working for the government and in charge of my yep. tax dollars. Yep. Now, I don't think they should become homeless. They should have a job. It just shouldn't be in charge of buying $400 screwdrivers. Or they need <laughs> to go to some sort of budgeting rehab where they can learn like a screwdriver at Home Depot or at the local hardware store should never cost more than $7. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that's the beauty of this country is <laughs> everybody, you know, and some people like to look at the fact that somebody could buy a $400 screwdriver and has the ability to, and the freedom to is a really beautiful thing. And why shouldn't they? Because they make that much. If it's, th- no, no, no. If it's personal. You want to buy a $400 screwdriver. Yeah. That's great. Not with no, my tax dollars. Oh no. no. With my tax dollars, I want the $7 screwdriver. Oh yeah. I don't give a shit. If you have a million dollars, go buy a $400 screwdriver. More po- buy a hundred of them. You can afford it. Not with my tax dollars. Oh, my tax absolutely. dollars should be spent on things that benefit everybody. I, I, you know, I don't like paying taxes, but I want there to be expressways. When I leave my house and drive to Michigan to visit absolutely. my family, yeah. I want to be able to get on a throughway and not have potholes. And, you know, do I drive on the roads in Ohio all the time? Of course I don't because I live in New York. But do I think that the roads in Ohio should not have potholes? Fuck yes. And I'm willing for some of my tax dollars to be used for that. Do I think that the kids in Des Moines or in uh, Albuquerque or in Detroit should have should have access to a first class public education? Of course I do. Mm -hmm. I got one when I grew up in Detroit. I don't think that that I don't think that it should be private school or shitty public schools. And even though I don't have children, somebody paid for my education. I mean, my folks didn't, you know, their tax dollars alone did not buy my education. Many people kicked into that pot. So I am willing to kick into that pot as well, knowing that I don't have children who are directly benefiting from it. But I got it. Somebody else should get it too. It's the same thing with social security, this idea of social security as if we're, I'm, I've paid into it for, you know, 40 years I've been paying into Social Security. It's mm-hmm. not an entitlement. It's an investment. And the government is responsible for managing that money so that when right. I need it, it's available to me. It's not an entitlement. Because if it's an entitlement, then give me back all the money that I've paid for the last 40 years while I've been working, and I'll do something else with it. And not that I want – now, I'm not advocating for this. <laughs> Some people think that it should be privatized, yeah. and I think that that's wrong because not everybody's going to manage that money well. And so I'm willing, I'm willing to trust the government enough to know that if I gave them over time, whatever, $150,000, that they're going to invest it smartly – and that when I need it, there'll be whatever, a 3%, a 9% return on that money. And I'll be able to draw something back in my retirement when I'm no longer working. It's, it's it, smart management. That's, yes. that's what we should expect from government. How big or how little you think government should play in our lives, you would expect them to be smart. Yes. Yeah. And I think that expecting politicians, public servants... To, to assume the responsibility to be prudent and fiscally 
uh, responsible and not self-serving for the time that they are in public service is not an unreasonable expectation. I don't think you're there to enrich yourself. I think you're there to be a proper steward of all of our combined resources for the period of time. That's what public service is. If you don't want to assume that responsibility, then get the fuck out of office. That isn't you're not there to enrich yourself. You're there because you wanted to do service. If right. you don't want to do service, there's plenty of ways that you can go enrich yourself, not at my expense. What well, you know, that's a whole that's a whole other podcast. It but is. I think that folks that are or some folks that are in office right now look at it as a position of power, not necessarily servitude. Service. Right. Yeah. It's not it's not service. It's I can do this, I can take a charter plane for a ridiculous amount of money when I could have been on a commercial flight for $600. Right. Um, and that's, that's happening. And that's just what we're seeing, you know? So, and it's curious. It's again, it's one of those blind spots, which is an understatement to talk about what people think they're entitled to. And then what they think other people are entitled to. And this idea of the way that language has been spun, and then we'll we'll wrap up and we'll come back to this at another time, but this the way that language has been spun so that we talk about certain things that are rights as entitlements, and then people who are actually making choices about what their perceived entitlement and power and privilege is in in an elected office is like, no, you are supposed to be the model of frugality. And Mm -hmm. like, I didn't, you're not, you're not a monarch. You're an elected official. Be mindful of being a steward of all of our money. You don't get to, you don't get to buy the luxury good. You buy the practical standard, well-constructed version of it. Yeah. If you want luxury, that's on your own dime. I didn't put you in office to be to have a luxurious experience. <laughs> I put you there to be the proper steward of our resources for a limited period of time. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to button that up there. We're going to come back to entitlements and privilege and language in a future episode of Unself America. As always, Maya, I mean, we work together. It's great teasing this stuff out with you. Yeah, I really, I love being a part of it. I love having the conversation and I just want to tell everybody to help us keep the conversation going. If you heard anything, you, there's things that we aren't talking about. There are things that we talked about that you disagree with. We want to hear from you. We're everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, however you want to find us, you can send us an email, but connect with us. Let us know what you want to hear who you want to see and uh, we'll try to make it happen excellent unstuff america everybody thanks for listening to unstuff america visit andrewmellon.com now to get your free seven-day quick start course and get control of your stuff in seven days that's andrewmellon.com